can't help but wonder. <laughs> what was just going through your mind? <laughs> do we need? Do we want to know? There, there was a black piano. It was kind of smoky in the room. <laughs> Everybody's just chilling out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we always have to kind of just take a moment to appreciate the jazz piano that is our theme song of That's Worth Repeating. Now, this is That's Worth Repeating, Brian. That's Worth Repeating. You are? Brian Irby. And I'm Richard Goff. And uh, so we've been away for a little bit. I guess it's been a couple of weeks since yeah. we've recorded. I'm not sure how that happened. Time got away from us. But uh, we're back. And maybe maybe today, uh, you know, we won't be too rusty in our... Yeah. <laughs> in our uh, I kind of forgot what we do. When I sat down, I was like, okay. Well, what, this is a podcast about quotable quotes by notable people. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and don't try to repeat that because you always fumble it. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah. So maybe today, maybe the the notable person, and certainly the quotable quote by the notable person, um, will be an easy uh, transition back into the saddle, if you will, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we. Wait a minute. Do you say so? Is the last quotable person got us out of the saddle. No, <laughs> I'm saying that we haven't been doing this for a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, oh, because it was you. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so I just got done saying maybe this will be an easier transition, and I'm like totally fumbling already. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't even know what you're talking about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We, we busted your chops a little bit last time. God, that was so fun for me. That was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys, if you haven't listened to last our last podcast where Brian is the notable person with the quotable quote. Richard got the <laughs> you, you enjoyed it. I did. I did. I, I, I just I, I laughed as I prepared it and I prepared the quotes. I laughed and then I laughed as I played them in front of you. <laughs> it's just anyway. Um but no, we're we're back together and um, you know, we have uh there's people in our in our sphere, in our orbit. Um, that we kind of tend to go to. Um, of course, we're we're blessed to, I guess, know and be around people that are um, gifted in a lot of ways, um, very knowledgeable in the scriptures. Um, just, just I, I feel like I'm just in a, in a kind of a at a banquet buffet all the time yeah. when it comes to um, just wisdom and counsel and. Theological knowledge and challenge, challenging, you know, kinds of thinking and that kind of deal. So, yeah, yeah. and and it's been that way for me um, for a lot of years now. I mean, I kind of think back; it's been quite a while that I've just uh, been in a place or in a church where that's just been that's just been normal. Yeah. Um, and the Lord knew that I needed that. Yeah, certainly. Me um, too, man. But today we're going to go to one of those people that. Uh, for both of us, uh, actually coming at it probably from a little bit different angles and different seasons of time, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna um, take up a, a quotable quote by the notable Jerry Rag. Cool, Jerry Rag. So, um, we both know Jerry and um, and have been blessed by his ministry uh, on different levels and in different points in time. We'll talk about that maybe in a little bit, but. For the sake of uh, maybe a little more formal introduction of who Jerry is, let me just kind of run through a little bit of his bio. He's currently the uh, teaching pastor at Grace Emanuel Bible Church in, down in Jupiter, Florida. I just I went online to, to look at his bio to see if I could 
pick up a, a date or something, but he's he's been there 20 years or almost 20 years. He's been there since 2001. I mean, that's crazy. It's been a, I mean, it's, that's yeah. like gone by quick. I mean, it goes by quick, but um, before that, he was at Grace Community Church out in Sun Valley, California with uh, Pastor John MacArthur there. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, he's also the president of the Expositor Seminary, and um, our church here is one of the campuses of Expositor Seminary, so we have a close affiliation and a great affinity for that uh, that training school for pastors. Um, he's the author of Courageous Churchmen, a book on leadership in the church. I believe that's a reprint and a retitling of his book, Exemplary Leadership. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, I think he added a couple of chapters. Yeah. Um, and he's also he also co-authored a book called Free to Be Holy with Paul Shirley, and that's a book on uh, sanctification. So um, he's definitely a notable person. He's notable in his own right, but he's also very notable to us uh, personally. And I'm just wondering, like, do you have any, what, 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 is there like a personal Jerry Rag story that comes to mind that, you know, something that, you, some encounter you had, some sermon, some conversation you had with him that just sort of stands out as, you know, it's classic Jerry? Man, there, there's a couple, but, uh, you know, one in particular I think is more of just something he has done for me and my wife, you know, personally. Uh, that you know, I don't feel like it's worth sharing, but just there's been a few things where he's just given us some some wonderful uh, insight and uh, help and and counsel. Um, I just you know that that has caused us to just have a, a love for him uh, because it, you know he's more than just a a pastor or a theological teacher at some other church, but it you know he he cares he uh, for us you know and uh, on a personal level, and I even see that as our church as a whole. I mean, he loves our church. Yeah. And so I think there's been a couple of things like that, that I feel like are, uh, two things that have really drawn me, uh, to, you know, to, to respect and, and love him because it's, it's not just like you said, he's got a, he has a very precise mind, very discerning. It almost can see ahead kind of, you know, mentality because of just his trust in the word of God and, and, and how the word uh, directs us. But, um, that doesn't at all uh, cause him to to miss what's right before him, you yeah. know, his people and his sheep. And so, I, I don't know, that's the thing about him that I just think is really special. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a very gifted man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, I, I, I was fortunate to uh, meet Jerry when he was still at Grace Community Church uh, out in California. He was at that time on staff there, and he was um, the personal assistant of John MacArthur, and he was... To, to us, though, he was the pastor of our fellowship group. Mm-hmm. So uh, at that church, they had their Sunday morning kind of adult Sunday school, if you want to call it that, was called, they were called fellowship groups. And he was the, the pastor of the group that um, my wife and I attended. We actually moved out there in the summer of 1999. And so I got to, I guess, um, be a part of and be involved in, in his ministry life there for probably about a couple of years. I guess if he came over this direction to Florida in 2001, it would have been, you know, roughly somewhere between a year and a half to two years. Yeah. So a pretty brief time in the big scheme of things, but the impact was enormous. Yeah, yeah. And and there's still, you know, there's still the the privilege of, you know, ongoing kind of affiliation and, and fellowship and relationship uh, with him. But one story that I'll tell, that this kind of, to me, illustrates a little bit of, of what you can know about Jerry. He's he's very clear 
and and very direct and and thinks very incisively, um, very discerning, um, and he's a really effective discipler of men. Yeah. So, um, as I was there in uh, Southern California and a part of the church and a part of um, the fellowship group that he was the pastor of there at the church, I remember uh, I was uh, asked to be uh, a kind of a home group leader, if you will, at one, one point along the way. And so, and we we were a part of a little discipleship group that would meet, you know, early one morning and during the course of the week with Jerry, just a small group of us guys. And I'll never forget wanting to just sit down with him uh, one-on-one at some point and just kind of talk to him about some of the challenges I was experiencing. And yeah, I remember at that time, uh, my daughter was, you know, 18 months to, uh, to two years old, somewhere in that range. Um, and, you know, we were living in a small little apartment there in Southern California. And I was at that time trying to go to seminary and trying to figure out work and, you know, parenting a toddler and all these things that at the time, they just seemed like the most overwhelming thing yeah. anybody could ever face. <laughs> you know, you look back on that and you're like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we have not to, but we have four girls now. And every time, like, you know, we'll like three of them will go stay at their grandmother's house or something and we'll have like one and we'll be like, this is the easiest thing yeah. I've ever. And we, but when we had one, it was the hardest it was overwhelming. thing. Overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I'll never forget going and talking to him. And I, you know, there, there was probably conversation about a, a range of things, but one of the things that just stuck with me. It's going to sound kind of kind of stupid at this point, <laughs> but it was just it was just classic Jerry, and it stuck with me because it was just like, well, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. But I was just going on about how you know I'm just struggling with uh, you know with time and just time management and and you know um, yeah I, probably my time. Yeah, I think he probably asked me about how my time and and the word was going, and and I I probably said I'm struggling with that. You know I. Um, Emily's you know, almost two. She gets up really early, and you know she's she's busy and ready to start playing or whatever. And then I have to go and go to class or whatever. You know, I was probably just lamenting yeah, yeah. the extreme difficulty of having one child, one one two year old child that I you know couldn't handle, and having to go to work. Yeah, that's right. And having yeah, and having to go to work, and and as though my wife wasn't there at all either, yeah. who, who was probably doing most of the work anyway. Um. But I, but the issue of of time in the word, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I I get up and I'm barely up, and and then Emily's waking up, and it's you know she starts stirring and stirring and stirring up the house or whatever, and we can't, I can't focus anymore. And he, he just he just sat there and patiently listened to me, kind of go on <laughs> with this f- dribbling folly, and he finally just said, "So wake up earlier." <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just I mean I'm I'm like going on and on about how I you know my time in the word is suffering <laughs> yeah. because my 2-year-old daughter, you know, wakes up early and distracts me from my time in the word and he just simply said, well, "Wake wake up earlier." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he went on to say, I mean, obviously time in the word's important and you need that and if you want to be a good father when she does wake up. I mean, he just went into this yeah, whole yeah. thing, you know, just and obviously, I'm not remembering all the specifics with complete accuracy, but I do remember that simple, yeah, that simple retort. You know, it's like, yeah, I should probably do that. But isn't it always like that? Yes, it's yes. always simple. That's right. We want to make it so complex. I know we talk about this all the time, but in 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 our blaming or you know whatever it is, you know, we just we want to make things complex yeah. so that we have this big issue and you got to understand it. Yeah, and then when you just get another perspective, you step back an inch. Yeah. You know, you go. 
It's simple. Yeah, we often flood the zone of our own minds. Oh, totally. With just noise and yeah. fog and whatever. So um, that's that's what and that's what I mean by by what I've always appreciated about Jerry is just just very incisive, just to the point, just like yeah, cut, yeah. kind of cutting through the fog. And uh, and our quote today, I think, does that very well. It's a fog cutter. It's a fog cutter. <laughs> that's a that's a technical term for it, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Um, so the context of the quote, or where, where this quote uh, emerged from, is uh, last fall, September-October time frame, uh, Jerry and, and his church, uh, they did a kind of a teaching series. I think it was like a midweek teaching series over a course of several weeks. Um, and the title of the series was Critical Thinking in Critical Times. And you can actually go and listen to it or watch, watch it on video on... Uh, the church website. It's gibcjupiter.org if you're interested in it. But um, this series was, like I said, it was a, it was kind of a, I think nine or ten part series, and it included teaching and Q and A. So it's, yeah, um, you know, helpful uh, series. Critical thinking in critical times, and basically it focuses on this this important matter of being a critical thinker, and more importantly, a biblically critical thinker, yeah. or having biblical discernment. And and being able to think through critical, important, you know, controversial, dangerous, even issues, yeah, um, with a critical mind and a biblically saturated mind, and having discernment about them, and um, you know, he they took up these some of these important issues, these challenging issues that that are confronting the church right now, such as, you know, what is truth? Is truth objective? Can you know it? You know this whole postmodern, you know, destruction of objective truth yeah. and all these kinds of things. So the nature of of truth. Um, they talked about social justice. They talked about critical race theory and intersectionality. They talked about the whole sort of uh, gender confusion, gender revolution yeah, yeah. thing that uh, you know that our culture has has been going through. They talked about the collapse of the family. So all these important issues. And how to think about these things, and engage around these things, and respond as the church around these things from a thoroughgoing biblical worldview perspective, from a thoughtful, clear perspective. Um, so it's really good content. And so this is this is the the quotable quote for today comes from from the introduction, very soon into the introduction of the very first session of this particular uh, teaching series. Critical thinking and critical time. So I just want to play the quote. We'll talk about it a little bit, and then we'll broaden right. the context of the quote so they can get a, uh, we can get a, a broader feel for for what he was saying leading up to this particular quote. So here's Jerry Rag uh, and his teaching series on critical thinking and critical times. The scriptures always say that when the poison of error gets into the system, it's always fatal. It is always going to destroy. Let me, let me play that again. Yeah, play it again. That's worth repeating, mm-hmm. I believe. The scriptures always say that when the poison of error gets into the system, it's always fatal. It is always going to destroy. Now, did you notice a couple things there? Did you notice the ultimate nature of his quote and the extreme or comprehensive yeah. nature yeah. of what he said. Yeah, there's 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 no there, there's no yeah, like like a small amount of poison destroys the whole yeah. period. Yeah. 
Always. Always. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the and it's it's ultimate in that it's always fatal. Yeah. It always destroys. Yep. And um, how can he speak in such definitive terms? I mean, who does he think he is? Yeah, I know. That's, that's Jerry. That's Jerry for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I think that, um, you know, we, we've had, you and I have had, and, and, and the staff here, pastoral staff and elders here have had some, I think, really uh, important conversations about this very thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the way that Jerry framed this up in such a concise and direct and powerful and um, in some ways jarring fashion is super helpful. It's super helpful because we we just need clear. It's like what we just talked about. Yeah. When the world is making everything a muddled mess, you have to come back to the simplicity and clarity of truth that just cuts through. So there's definitely a need for clarity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, there, there's certainly plenty of things that distract, and um, and in the context of this particular quote, you know, you're talking about a range of cultural and political and ideological issues. Yeah. That certainly are oriented toward producing no small measure of confusion. Yeah. I mean, amongst just your average person, but also people within the church in particular. Um, but I also take note of what are—well, let me ask you this question. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the quote one more time, and I, right. I want to ask you, what, are, what do you think are some of the implications, if this quote is indeed true in mm-hmm. its totality, what are some of the implications we need to think about? He says again, the Scriptures always say that when the poison of error gets into the system, it's always fatal. It's always going to destroy. I mean, what are some takeaways from that? Well, I mean, it, one of the first things that come to my mind is, is uh, you know, you, you cannot add or take away anything from Scripture. To take something from it uh, is going to leave something out that God God has decided uh, is 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 uh, sufficient for us uh, in this life. But then to add to it is going to is going to pollute or or poison the 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 word of God that is again sufficient and complete and meant for us to to be able to not only know him but to follow him and and to understand what is true in the world that he's created. So I just it just makes me think of all the different things that we do, sometimes not even knowing that just add to or take away from scripture. And we have many things that we believe that just don't line up with what he says. So the purity and the completeness of Scripture to give us all we need for life and godliness. It's not to be tinkered with. That's right. The other thing I think about is... Well, and, and we've been tinkering with it for a long time. <laughs> that's that's a bit of an understatement, I would yeah. say, don't you think? I mean, uh-huh. you think about that. I mean, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. We keep, we keep doing the same dumb things over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, the thing I also think about this and take away from this is, you know, he uses the term the poison of error. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I think of poison, um, it translates into my mind, if I kind of think of that in sort of biological, physiological terms, Mm -hmm. it, it needs to be extracted immediately. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no time to waste. There's an urgency in dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. It's required, and um, and so characterizing 
sort of characterizing the uh, the nature of what you're dealing with accurately and not not uh, ca- carelessly, but quickly, so that you can effectively eliminate it from the system. Yeah, and hopefully avoid the fatal the fatal outcome that he's forecasting here if it remains in the system, if it yeah. remains in a church, you know, in a believer's thinking, whatever the system might be, uh, you, you can't you can't trifle with it. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think that that's uh, that that therein lies probably some of the biggest challenges of our day um, is is we like to tinker with the Word of God on one hand, but then we also like to sort of tinker around with or allow to go unchecked damning ideologies yeah. or poisonous, you know, ways of thinking and, and, and patterns of belief and for the sake of, I don't know what, debate and discussion or in, in the name of Christian charity and, and or in, for fear of backlash from the culture or whatever yeah. it might be. But there's this, there's this uh, hesitancy on the part of many in the church to go after these things as though they are a fatal poison, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like there's a, there's a lack of recognition for what it what it is you're actually dealing with. Well, that's it. I, I don't think, and again, I'm I'm speaking personally here. I mean, it just I I don't think that we trust him, the Word of God. We don't trust what his Word says about these kind of things. Yeah, because we're immersed in a culture that just that everyone likes to just spout out their opinions. Yeah. They they can, you know, go get a PhD or some degree and now there's some expert and but we don't go back to what he says in his word that anything outside of the word of God that 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 espouses some truth that the word doesn't uphold that that, that is it comes from a, a foolish mind. It comes from a, a dead mind that is unable to understand the things of God and just things like that. And we just, we think we can reason people to Christ. We can reason people to this understanding of, of, of absolute truth. Yeah. You know, as always is the case, uh, when we do these quotes, they're, they're always quotes that you, they, well, they always, they almost always, they're, they're found within a context or within a larger uh, a frame of content that the, the person who's speaking it has yeah. said, has said things. So, I want to play the context of this quote. There, there's this sort of a, a brief lead-up uh, to this quote that we just played by Jerry Rag that I think will be helpful in kind of moving our discussion along, but also just kind of helping us understand why he would say what he said in this way. Because if you just take it on its face value, you know, anytime you hear someone say, always or never, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, are you sure always, never? Yeah. You know, you've, I, I think of... Uh, I think of our kids, you know, especially in yeah. their teenage years. You, you never let me go spend the night with my friends, or you're always on my back about my room. You know, they, they use these extreme ways to describe, you know, their reality when you know this is the first time you've mentioned something to them in a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's this, you know, there's this caution against saying things like always and never. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll regret <laughs> saying that someday. Yeah, yeah. But but there's a reason why Jerry, I think use those terms, uh, you know, not to mention the biblical rationale that you could identify, but just the lead up uh, to that in the context, I think will help us see that. So let's play this. This is, I, I don't know if this, probably about a minute long, so you kind of have to hang in there a little bit, All right. but it's, it's worth listening to. So here's the context of the quotable quote by Jerry Ragg. The church has always been under attack by Satan, always assaulted with lies disguised as truth, 
Every generation of believers throughout history has had to stay on the alert, as the scriptures call us to, watching out, as 1 Peter 5, 8 says, for the adversary who is prowling around, seeking someone to devour. The errors are subtle. Unless you can see them with the grace of the Spirit and the Word of God, they won't be blatant to you. They will be subtle and without discernment, biblical discernment, they're going to be undetectable and you'll be vulnerable and we don't want that to be the case. 2 Peter 2.1 says that Satan introduces these things secretly over time. They are doctrines from the pit. They are hellish teachings, but they come in as those things that are attractive for the flesh to believe and to buy into, and they are secretly introduced over time. The scriptures always say that when the poison of error gets into the system, it's always fatal. It is always going to destroy. So it's kind of helpful to understand more clearly what the source of this error is, or who the source of this error is. That's right. And what the real nature of it is, and some of its characteristics in that it it comes in secretly, it's not obvious, um, therefore we're called to be alert, to be sober-minded, to be alert, mm-hmm. to be on guard. He references, you know, the, the enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion. Yeah. You know, so you have no shortage of biblical text and descriptions of the enemy and of the nature of false teaching and error and how it seeps in unaware. Jude speaks of, you know, these men that come in and they're like clouds without water yeah. and they're in your midst. You have the Apostle Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, and he talks about wolves will come among you after I depart and they'll even rise up from among you yourselves, the yeah. elders. So the, the nature of what we're talking about, it, it, it needs to be described very accurately mm-hmm. and very precisely without holding back. And I think that even the language that Jerry uses here, for many people who would otherwise claim to be Christians, it would be offensive for them to hear that. Yeah, It's hellish. You know, he uses biblical terminology to describe. These are, Paul calls them doctrines of demons. Yeah. And so you start using that kind of language yeah. in this day and time, yeah. and that's just extreme crazy stuff, yeah. right? But that's what Scripture calls it. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just reading in Ephesians 4, uh, and I mean, imagine saying, that, and here's Paul saying that we're, we're no longer, we're now children of God. We're no longer outside, uh, we're not Gentiles, which is everyone, every person excluded from the children of God that are born of the Spirit. You know what I mean? So it's and and here's what he says. Here's how the Gentiles live and think. This is what describes their existence. They 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 live in the futility of their mind. They're darkened in their understanding. They are excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is within them. Because of the hardness of their heart, they've become calloused and ha- they have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Hmm. I mean, imagine saying that. I mean, we're talking Democrat, yeah. Democrat, Republican, like black, white. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. there's there's two classes of people. There's the children of God, and then there's the others. 
who are darkened in their understanding. They, their ways of thinking are futile. They're excluded from life because of the hardness of their heart, and they practice every, every kind of impurity and sensuality. Yeah. And this lack of clarity, uh, and even in, in, the, in the terms that we adopt and the language that we use, because we have become so influenced by the, the culture around us that has this aversion to anything that might offend, mm-hmm. um, even though that's a, a misnomer itself. Uh, yeah. People are offending each other all the time. Yeah. But, but to, to, to call something damning or to call something hellish or to call something demonic is the stuff of, you know, ancient, ancient mystical, you know, religious stuff. Yeah. Um, or, or at minimum, it's just very insensitive and harsh. And yet, if this is actual poisonous error mm-hmm. that is fatal, if you just apply the same you know, metaphor to an actual poison entering yeah, your yeah. body, you, you, don't, you don't say, well, it's pretty offensive for you to call it. I mean, for you to tell me that this poison could kill me? Yeah. I don't like the word kill. Why, that, that's, why that, would you say such a thing? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's very disruptive to me. Yeah. You know, it's just the idea of that's just absurd. Um, and yet, that, that's how scripture describes all these kinds of errors, whether it's, yeah. you know, critical race theory or whether it's this gender confusion thing that we're dealing with now and all these other matters. I mean, they, they all have the same source and they're all oriented toward confusing the church and ultimately destroying people. Yeah. Um, and and ma- and compelling people to make shipwreck of the faith, yeah. and uh, and so our response has to be commiserate with what we're dealing with. Yeah, it has to it has to meet that challenge. And but I, I you know I can't help but thinking you know what are some things that you think contribute to well, we've kind of we've kind of highlighted a, f- a few of them just in our our back and forth here. But what are some things specifically that you think are contributing to the the continued, seemingly continued decline in discernment amongst God's people, such that they are they're vulnerable yeah. to these poisonous errors that are fatal that Jerry talked about. Well, again, I mean, I know in my own life personally, you know, when when I, I don't see error and or have been in error, and I think you know, just universally, this is a truth that it's a lack of understanding of God's word and in if you have read his word and know what he says it's a lack of actually uh, belief in it or trust in it you mm-hmm. know and again i mean that's the same any time i sin i know sin is wrong i know what the lord says he does to sin and what it cost him to pay for sin and at the same time in that moment i decide either one that's not true I'm going to choose sin, or I cease to really believe in in what he says he does. I mean, when you talk about pride, and he he sets his face against the proud. The Lord crushes the proud, and and I believe in him. But then, you know, in these moments, we we choose to to be arrogant, to be proud, and we, in those moments, we are not thinking of him, and or we don't believe what he says. And I think it's, you know, so when you're talking about a believer, how a believer can see these things, or 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 you know, not not see them as as dangerous and and lethal as they are. I think it comes down to either one: we don't understand what he has said in his word, or two: if we have read it, we don't truly believe that it's as bad as he says it is. You know? Yeah, and you know, one other thing I'll mention, and this is probably a good place for us to jump off, and 
maybe look ahead to the next episode, which is a direction I think we're going to go next time. But I think even Jerry mentions this in his, in this introductory session. He, he alludes to it when you when you're talking about critical thinking, mm-hmm. um, emphasis on thinking, um, e- emphasis on the ability to really study a matter, and 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 really think through it, look at it from all the various angles. R- really, he talks about doing your homework on a matter, yeah, yeah. like knowing what it is you're dealing with, yeah. understanding it. And then being able to see it through the lens of biblical truth, and if necessary, refute it, yeah. re- reject it, deal with it from the standpoint of truth. But the even even some of the the innate um, habits and disciplines that are necessary for the church collectively and for individual believers to be able to engage in this process of critical thinking and thoroughgoing biblical discernment, especially in the onslaught of so many things coming at us that, that are coming at us nowadays, yeah. is this inability for people to even think clearly and carefully for any length of time about anything. Yeah. Um, much of it has to do with, you know, he, I think he says something in, in, his, um, in his message you know, we're two and a half generations into now, uh, you know, a digital age yeah. where people have been, people have sort of conditioned their very minds to only be able to pay attention to something for so long before they have to jump to the next image yeah, or the next, you know, the next thing. You can see this, you know, playing out in all kinds of uh, research around um, uh, education and academics. Um, it's, it plays out in all kinds of, of different you know, spheres of, of life and culture and society. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're, we're, now, we're now a few generations into being a, a part of the digital age yeah, yeah. in which our, our very minds have been conditioned against meditating on His Word day and night, of hiding God's Word in our hearts that we might not sin against Him, of, of this work of of studying an issue and doing your homework, we would much rather just do a quick online search, and you know, read some meme, yeah, yeah. and think that we've mastered the situation, yeah, you know, uh, or or maybe maybe we go and watch a you know like a seven minute YouTube video on critical race theory, and we think we know what it's about, yeah, yeah. It's like you, you that that the enemy loves that. Yeah. Let me just say the enemy loves the fact that we have such a low threshold toward becoming an, a self-glorified expert. Yeah. That we, we that there's even research called, you know, there's even a, a name called the Google effect, where our, our, our ability to remember things has diminished so much because we know that we have access to it by just a simple search. Yeah. So even the, the mental processes of short-term and long-term memory have been diminished because it's almost like exercising, you know, a muscle or something, we don't have to remember. Yeah, we just look it up. No, that's that's. So that's we're, good. we're living in a day and time now where um, there are obstacles. I believe there are unique obstacles. The, the 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 answer and the solution is the same. You know, the source of truth is the same. Yeah. What's required of us in terms of spiritual disciplines and 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 practices of thought that help us to have our thinking shaped and, and renewed and even ultimately transformed by the Word of God. Those things are the same. They haven't changed. But the way that our minds have been in, in, our, in our, our sort of our, our patterns of thinking have been affected 
by our immersion in digital media yeah. and in and in uh, visual oriented media, it, it's it's had a, it's had a distinct impact, I believe, a detrimental impact on people in general, but on the church in particular, because of what's required to study an issue and to think critically about it and to recognize what it is and to also have the the framework of biblical knowledge and understanding to be able to identify it as error over against that biblical yeah. knowledge. It's like we're so lacking because our our sort of our base of of knowledge is is little bits and pieces and it's not synthesized into a comprehensive understanding of principles of truth and theology and doctrine that are just this massive grid through which we see and interpret and understand and refute and all these different things that we have to do to be discerning and to have a critical yeah. mind. And I think that we're we're needing as as uh, leaders and as shepherds and as God's people to really think carefully about how we continue to um, help people grow yeah. in this area. It's not just a matter of of saying, well, you need to read your Bible more. Yeah, that's right. It's it's helping them kind of develop the the mental disciplines required to kind of break through some of these habits of thought that are that are shaped by you know modern digital technology and media that uh that I think is a huge and unique challenge for, yeah. for pastors and teachers and, and leaders in the in the church today. Well I think to add just one other little part to that too is it's being able to have that that comprehensive wholeness of, of a worldview or an understanding of his word to see the world through that. But then it's also the the daily habitual practice of the truth. Yeah. That's where discernment is birthed, yeah. you know? And so to know and not do uh, causes hardness yeah. and, and more, dis- you, you're more susceptible to deception. So it's, it's, an, it's an understanding that leads to action and application. And that's where, that's where insight and discernment are, are, are found. Well, let's uh, let's hope that we can continue to grow in our discernment and our ability to think critically, um, because we need to recognize what Jerry cautioned us about. Yeah, the scriptures always say that when the poison of error gets into the system, it's always fatal. It is always going to destroy. And the converse of that is that when the word of God is thriving and active in the hearts and minds of his people, it always accomplishes its purpose. Yeah, that's right. And its purpose is always to the glory of God yeah. and to the benefit of his people. Yep. So God help us in that. It's good to be with you. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get together again soon. All right, see you, man. Thanks, brother.